Coming to you live from my basement, it's Trio 30 Talk, and I'm the guy who's bringing his wife on the podcast, your host, academic outreach specialist, Brian Stutz. Welcome, everyone. Hope everyone is doing well today. Uh, We're getting close to our midterms are going on right now. Halloween's approaching us. The pumpkin spice is in the air. The apple ciders are in our cups, and we are excited because uh, October is here, which also brings a very uh, special month that we all need to be uh, made aware of. Um, and so I think it's very important today that we have our care office come into the office, uh, into the stream today. The Center for Advocacy, Response and Education. First, I'll introduce uh, Melissa Wilkerson, who is a care advocate as well in the office. Melissa, how are you doing today? Great. Excited to be here with everyone and excited to learn more about you and what you do and share what we do. Awesome. Thank you very much. And then last but not least, the special lady in my life who also works at the university. The reason where we moved here to Nebraska, everyone, let's give a round of applause to my wife, my partner, Lainey Stutz. Welcome, Lainey. How are you? I'm good. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for quite the intro right there. Oh, no problem. No problem. So uh, today uh, we have uh, our care office here and they're going to talk to about us, their services that they can help support our students uh, who are in need. Uh, And I'm gonna let you all take it away. Uh, We'll go through, we'll have a few questions along the way throughout. Uh, But yeah, go ahead and and start. All right, Melissa, is that looking normal? Yep, I think think we're good. Okay. So as Brian mentioned, we are from the CARE office. CARE stands for the Center for Advocacy Response. And education. We're located on the third floor of the Nebraska City Union Suite 345. And that's just right down the hall from the Women's Center and right next door to the LGBTQA Plus Center. Lainey and I are both advocates. There you see both of us. I am Melissa, you she, her pronouns. And a little about me, Lainey and I thought that it would be nice if people had a bit of an understanding beyond just the fact that we're advocates about who we are and, you know, kind of what we enjoy in life. I'm a huge music fan. Um, My husband and I have seen our claim to fame, if you will, is three concerts, three days in three states. I um, am a huge college basketball fan, and I absolutely believe that March Madness is the most wonderful, best time of the year. I could easily drink. I could easily drink a pot of coffee a day. I probably should not, but I do often. I have a huge vegetable garden in my backyard. There's only three people in our household. So we end up donating a quite um, a lot of it, but that's okay. Um, it's my favorite self-care activity by far, and it's super pretty in picture. So there's that. Um, ge- jellyfish and giraffe are my favorite zoo animals. I absolutely could just sit all day long at the aquarium at the Omaha Zoo and watch the jellyfish. It's so peaceful. So those are my favorites. I absolutely love art. I try really hard to be good at it, but I am absolutely not good at it. Um, I can't do it at all. Even those like pain sip type things I pretty much fail at, but I still like it. And in the middle, you see me and my pup Mavis. Mavis is now a two and a half year old golden doodle who also provides me lots of stress reducing pleasure just by petting her and by being her crazy self. That's a little bit about me. Melissa is also a fellow Jayhawk fan like myself. So uh, rock chalk there. <laughs> I know this is a UNL podcast, but you know, still got to support. 
Well, hello everyone. As Brian introduced, my name is Lainey Stutz. Um, my first fun fact is usually that my partner also works at UNL and Trio, except if you're watching this, you probably already know that. Um, I never learned how to ride a bike. I feel like at this point in my life, I am too afraid. My fear threshold is too high that it is not worth me trying. So I think I'm just never going to learn how to ride a bike unless it's stationary. I can do that one just fine. Um, I love home projects. We've had a lot of fun over the last few months doing a lot of updates in our house. And that's been a lot of fun for me. Uh, maybe not so fun for our wallets all the time, but at least it's fun and looks good around the house. Uh, smoothies are my absolute favorite treat. Our previous town didn't have any smoothie places, so we love to go to Smoothie King as frequently as possible. Um, I would prefer them almost any other food on this earth. I've lived in three states in three years, and within those three years, we lived in two houses and two residence halls. Um, I formerly came from the hall director life when I lived in North Carolina, then we went to Indiana, and now here in Nebraska, and we sure hope that we are here to stay for a while after all the movie we've gone through. I have seen Gilmore Girls over 20 times through. I've seen it so much that you could probably show me a scene, and I could tell you what season and maybe what episode it's from. And very lastly, here is my picture of my two very best friends, um, our two cockapoos, Gwen and Willa. So in general, we think it's really great to just get to know us a little bit. Sometimes it can be challenging to meet with someone and, and work with an office where you don't really know much about them. So the hope is this can give you a little bit of information and in seeing us as people and who we are, not just people that work in the care office. I can tell you, we love those home projects. just want to say <laughs> that real quick. <laughs> so first and, first and foremost we do want to give a, a content caution we will be discussing some challenging topics that might be hard for people to hear or offense or disturbing we always want everyone to take care of yourself feel free to leave the conversation if that is what's best for you if at any point in time that you wanted to meet with us to kind of process and debrief what you might be experiencing while listening to this feel free to reach out at the very end you'll see how you can connect with us but we'd love to meet with you so who is CARE and what we do? We are a free confidential supportive resource for victims and survivors of interpersonal violence. So that just means that we work and we support and provide and assist faculty, staff, and students that have experienced sexual assault, domestic dating, violence, stalking, and sexual harassment. That also means that we also work with loved ones that might have experienced any of these um, forms of violence. And with that, so if you are a friend and that has a loved one that's experienced one of these and you might need help, how do I navigate the situation? How can I help? Or if you too are experiencing some secondary trauma with that, we help with that as well. Um, so we serve all faculty, staff, and students. So you might be asking us, okay, great. I know who you work with and under what circumstances, but how can you actually help us? Um, what we do, Lainey and I provide a safe space to process feelings and reactions. That means both within us, within ourselves, we are a safe space and we're safe people, as well as the environment that we've created here in our care office. Um, very safe space to kind of feel whatever you want to feel without judgment and fear of judgment. We work on safety planning. If you're someone who potentially has found yourself um, experiencing the need for safety planning because of some um, fears and some violent excuse me, potential um, situations that you might be in, whether it be stalking or domestic violence, we can work with you on some safety planning um, processes between ourselves and UPD, the police department here on campus, as well as we have worked really hard with our um, housing department here on campus to 
work out a temporary safe housing plan um, so that if someone needs to be, you know, find themselves in a better, safer place, safer place, um, we can fairly quickly get you into housing for a week at no cost. And that would be here on campus in one of the residence halls um, and meals. So we've, we've created a great partnership with housing so we can be able to provide that to people that we work with. Reporting options, we can help explain reporting options, both um, with IEC, Title IX here with the university, as well as law enforcement. We can work on what those house reporting options might be um, and how to navigate that. We can accompany and coordinate appointments that you might have, interviews with police. Lainey recently has been over at the police department a number of times working with individuals um, who are going through an interview process with our local campus police. Obviously, we both um, have worked with people as it relates to um, going through the Title IX process and company people to the health center here on campus too, if that's something that's necessary. Interim and supportive measures, maybe because of what's happened or what you're experiencing and dealing with, maybe you need some extra time. You've fallen behind on some assignments or tests. Uh, we can work to request some additional time for you from our IEC department. We can work with them to help coordinate those requests. And then obviously referrals to campus and community partners. Um, several several entities and offices here on campus are available to help as well as in our community. And so once we figure out what your needs and what your concerns are, we can certainly find resources available um, to fit your needs best. As far as what it might look like when you come and visit with one of us in our space or remotely, first and foremost, you need to understand that you will be listened to, heard, believed, and respected, all without judgment. You'll first connect with us, um, the advocates, and we'll discuss your concerns, your needs, and available resources. We're gonna really identify what's most important to you, what's most concerning to you, and then we'll address those issues. Then we'll explore your reporting options if that's something that the individual we're working with is wanting to know about or maybe wanting to report. And then based on the decisions that you make, you should know that you'll be supported. We're gonna support you in any decision that you make, um, whether that's to report or not, to seek resources and possibly counseling or not, we're gonna support you in the choices that you make. And then whatever choices you do make, we're gonna help you navigate what those might look like. So we thought it might be helpful to kind of give some context um, into why there is such an importance to having our roles on college campuses. Um, I think a lot of times we are seen as kind of a hub for sexual violence and sexual assaults on campus. Um, that's been something that's been pretty big in the media the last few years um, with whole documentaries made about it, a lot of different TV specials. Um, and I think it's just important to kind of break down and give you some facts there that uh, looking at specifically at undergraduate students, 23.1% of females um, will experience sexual violence and 5.4% of males. And then we, we kind of look at the whole picture of all students that experience it and that's 11.2%. Um, so I think that you can definitely see the, the prevalence there um, and how that is a, a big issue on college campuses and why it's really important that we're here to be able to help and, and do the work that we do. Along with that, I don't know if any people have heard this term before, the red zone, and this has nothing to do with football. I should know because I don't really know anything about football. 
But when it comes to the red zone, what it is, it is this time frame that goes from August until November. And if you look at our this specific academic calendar, that's the entire first semester. So during this time period, this is when more than 50% of all the sexual assaults that occur within the whole year occur during this time chunk. Um, and there are various different reasons about why this happens, but it just shows and proves that this is a much higher increased risk during these months, um, especially students first few months, their first and second semesters. Um, so some things to kind of look into here is for some people, it might be the first time they're really leaving their homes and they're out and they're out by themselves and, and learning to live as independent adults. Um, sometimes it's there, they haven't by early on when you first come to college, haven't built a lot of support systems that are there in place. Um, also, I think during this time too, it's, we've heard some different things where a lot of times um, people going to bars and going out that this might have a role in a correlation with sexual assaults that are happening. However, with COVID and everything that's going on, there's a whole different side of, there's a lot more things that might be happening in people's houses. So I will say that this is kind of a, a, a revolving thing that our office is really busy during these time periods. Um, and especially for students that this is a really hard, large at-risk time chunk um, right to start the school year. We also work with individuals who may have experienced dating or relationship violence. Um, research shows that more than half, 57% of college students report having been in an abusive dating type relationship while they were in college. So that's a big number, 57%, more than half. We also see stalking. And when we think about the typical age range for a typical college student, eight, people aged 18 to 24 have the highest rate of stalking victimization. 60.8% um, of females, 43.5% of males report being stalked by a current or former intimate partner. So very, very prevalent on a college campus or at least college age group. Sexual harassment. This is another one. Over 60% of college students say that they experienced that while in college. 60%. So again, very prevalent on a college campus with the age group that we typically see. So how to connect to the care advocates. Um, we, the best way to do that is calling this number right here. Um, we have this phone that switch between Melissa and I, depending on who, which one of us is on campus and, and helping students. But almost all of the time, unless we are meeting with other students at the time or, or preoccupied with other law enforcement meetings, et cetera, we're able to answer this phone and help make appointments with people. Um, sometimes that might mean that we can meet then and there if we have it open in our calendar, um, but we always say that making appointment is best. Um, with the COVID time period, we are still meeting with people in person. Um, we're doing Zoom meetings, we're doing phone meetings, but we would always just hate it if someone came over to our office in the union and if we weren't there to meet with them. Um, sometimes it can take a lot of courage to come all the way over here and we'd hate that if, if we weren't there to be able to meet with students. So the best way is always to, is to call this number. Um, we also on the page here have our email address too. That's another great source that if you maybe didn't need something qu quite as uh, like urgent um, to go ahead and do that. Melissa and I are frequently checking this as well and can help answer questions and set up appointments that way as well. Um, already touched on this a little bit, but in general, I just we wanted to highlight that we are still meeting with students a variety of ways. Sometimes that just means over the phone. Um, sometimes we are meeting people via Zoom, um, as well as offering some in-person meetings with some with uh, definitely the six feet of distance between us in our main area and our office up here. Um, so there are a variety. We're, we're wanting to be able to be with students the best way 
we can and help them in those ways um, and just work with the students individually to see which way would work best for them. So these are some frequently asked questions that we often hear from people and I'll just go through them. Do you work for the Title IX office? And the answer is no, we don't. Um, we don't work for them. We're not supervised by them. We don't fall under them, if you will. Um, we're separate. We do work with them, however. We work with them often as it relates to individuals that we're supporting who might want to go through the Title IX or IEC reporting process. So we do work with them. We have currently have a real relationship with them, but we are not working for them, supervised by them, or work underneath them. Is there, uh, can you just give like maybe a brief uh synopsis of what Title IX is. We haven't had them come on and talk about what Title IX is and isn't. Uh, just so for our listeners out there, they kind of, what they don't, most people think Title IX is, has to do with sports and that it's, uh, encompasses more than that. So. Brief is hard when it comes to Title IX. I don't know, Lainey, yeah, do you yeah, have yeah. a, yeah. Do you have a perfect uh, brief? You know, I can certainly talk about it, but not, elevator pitch yeah. I don't know about perfect, but in general, it yeah. is um, a, a federally um, guided, I guess, like, I can't regulations. Think of it. Oh, yeah, regulation <laughs> policy that college campuses have. Um, and it is for um, equitable processes um, on the basis of sex, which that falls under um, a lot of these categories of sexual violence and relationship violence falls under that. Um, so for these purposes, the Title IX office is our kind of campus process for reporting. So a lot of times when people think about reporting, they think about going through the law enforcement, the criminal side of it. Um, they often don't know that there also is a whole process that you can do at the institution. Um, so with that, that is who Title IX is. They're the ones, or IEC, um, the Office of Institutional Equity and Compliance. Um, they go through and they're the process to kind of figure out within our campus sexual misconduct policy separate from the law enforcement side. Anything to add to that, Melissa? No, you were way more brief than I was. So good job. You get mega, mega points today on that one. I so, think that was a good explanation as well. Thank you. Yeah, much. that was good for something that's really, really complicated and, and can be confusing. So kudos to you for the short. And I'm not saying that just to get out of doing dishes later. So. <laughs> so another question that we often get asked is, will you report what I tell you to the police or to UNL? And the general answer is no, we won't. Um, because Lainey and I both are confidential, that means we are not required. Um, you'll, you Oftentimes you hear on a college campus like mandatory reporter or responsible employee, something like that. Um, we are not. We are not rep required to report. Um, so we would not report anything unless we would support someone in reporting, but we ourselves would not report. Um, We'll go to this green question here. What do you have to report? Because it makes sense to follow up with that one. Um, we do have to report to the Clery Act. And so that's another federally mandated um, program, I guess, that requires us to kind of keep, keep statistics on what is happening on our campus and where, but not identifying information. So let's pretend that there's an incident of, let's say, domestic violence at the rec center. We would have to report that there was an incident of domestic violence at the rec center, but not who not who the respondent or perpetrator was, not who the victim or claimant is, none of that, just simply what the act was and when it happened. Um, but we wouldn't have to give any identifying information. And are we counselors? We often get asked like, so you're counselors, I can come to you for counselors. And no, we're not, we are not counselors. We do know some great ones with our CAPS program, um, but we aren't counselors, we are advocates. And our role really is certainly to help you process, but also to help you navigate options and our 
part of our specialty, if you will, is understanding reporting options and re understanding um, specific to those areas of victimization, what your options are for both reporting as well as resources, but not counseling. We refer out for that. And if you're looking for counselors, we have a great podcast and a great uh, Trio 30 talk with John Goldrich from our counseling uh, center for CAPS. So check that one John's out if you're looking for counseling. John's great. So another great resource right there. Obviously, without having a big audience to participate, Brian, what questions yes. do you have for us? <laughs> yeah, so uh, one of the things I think about is uh, sometimes that we have first-year students who are, are here on college, but maybe something happened to them in the past. Are they, uh, they're, just because it didn't happen on UNL, are they still able to come and talk with you um, and go through that process, or, or, or how, how could that work out for a student? Do you want this one? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, absolutely. It does not necessarily have to happen while um, at UNL. Um, I think very frequently people as they are here at college and maybe for the first time truly processing through a lot of experiences they might have had in the past. We are here to help with that process. Um, so yeah, it, it does not necessarily matter when it happened, even if it happened years and years ago, um, especially we also serve faculty and staff. So the same thing goes for that too. So there's definitely no cap of when people can seek our services. Perfect. Great. The only thing I would add on to that is yes to everything Lainey just said. Um, but that also means if it's not you, you can still come and talk with us. So maybe it's your friend or your roommate or your partner um, who's experienced some of these things. And maybe you need help kind of processing yourself what your friend has experienced. Um, we're here for you, too. So it isn't just for those who've experienced it directly, but even secondary victims as well. That was awesome because that was going to be my next question uh, that I had for you about what about a friend <laughs> Uh, can you give any advice uh, out there right now for maybe uh, a student who is dealing with something and their friend sees them dealing with it and how that friend can help them and maybe support them uh, to seek out to, to you or, or what else are the things that they can do? I think, and Lainey and I can both kind of ping pong back and forth on this one because there's so much to say about this specific question, but I think one of the most important things to do is really be careful with what you're saying and make sure that your way of being supportive isn't also wrapped in judgment. Um, whether like really listen, just listen and be there for them. Um, also make sure that you're not saying things like, well, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you tell me sooner? Why didn't you call me when that happened? Um, all of that is really shifting the blame on how the individual may have handled something, responded to something, et cetera. And so I think one of the best things you can do is be still, be quiet, make sure number one, everybody's safe. And then number two, listen. And then number three, ask, how can I help you? What do you need? How can I help you? And sometimes they won't know, and that's okay. They won't know what they need. They won't know what their top 10 list is of most important things. Um, but offering, again, we've already dealt with the safety issue. If, if they have safety issues or need medical attention, you know, that's a whole nother route. Um, but offering services such as care, a care advocate um, is obviously, we're going to tell you, we think that's a great idea. Um, and it is. But it's the, the lack of judgment from the beginning and listening and making sure that what you're saying isn't somehow wrapped unknowingly within judgment. And Lainey, I'm sure you've got additional things to add. Yeah, I mean, I think especially you had highlighting, you know, don't ask, uh, don't ask or say things like, why didn't you do X, Y, and Z? But also the same thing is, 
telling them that they should do X, Y, and Z. Um, I think that's another big piece too. And it is really challenging when someone really close to you has experienced this. I think that human beings have a nature. We want to be helpful. We want to be um, kind of fixers sometimes, where sometimes with you were to say, well, you should report this to the police or you should report this to the institution. If that's not something that they're not ready for, um, having someone even just tell them that they should do X, Y, and Z, it might make them feel as if they need to go through the process, even though they might not be at a place where they're ready to do that. So um, I think that it can be really hard, but that listening piece is so important and asking how can I help is really great too. Being there continuously, um, unfortunately that when these types of victimizations happen, it, it isn't just, it happens in one week later, one month later, everything's better. So I think that follow-up, that care, that compassion, that friendship um, is really important. And giving the resources, I think, is, is really helpful too. And the same thing goes for if you do have a friend and you don't really know how you can help them, feel free to reach out, reach out to Melissa and I, and we'd be happy to kind of help through that process too of how do you be the best supportive ally friend that you can be in the situation. And the only thing I would highlight that Lainey touched on um, and just highlight it even more is everyone responds differently. Um, and so even if you yourself has, have experienced some victimization, how you handled it and how it worked for you does not mean that that's how someone else is able to handle it, or maybe that's not what's best for them. So there isn't really a one way to respond. There's not one way to react and there's not one way to heal. Awesome. And my last question was, uh, what uh, upcoming events you have? Look at you all. We obviously uh, are in sync here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and you actually had mentioned it, Brian, early on. Um, this month is a special month that it is Domestic Violence and Dating Violence Awareness Month. Um, if you are, have been on city campus, you might have seen the purple flags that are all uh, spread out throughout the lawn um, as kind of a, a visual representation of raising awareness about dating domestic violence with some different um, signs and postage things out there as well. It's a really cool thing to go see if you haven't seen yet. Um, so throughout this month, some of the things that we're doing is we have the flags out at city campus today. We did some tabling. If you missed the tabling and really want to get some of our cool swag that we have, we will be on East Campus next week. So you can find us there. The flags will move over there at the end of this week, as well as the tabling will happen um, next Wednesday out of East Campus. Um, also starting on Wednesday for any of you Bachelorette fans, we are going to be starting a brand new series of the Thorns and Roses that's going to be featured on our Instagram page. Um, so after you've watched the latest Bachelorette episode, we're going to be the next day kind of diving into what was some of the unhealthy things that we saw in that episode versus what did we like? Was that a genuine conversation or did they ask consent before they kissed each other and all of those things. So hopefully that'll be fun. If you're interested in that, feel free to, or please follow us on Instagram and check those out. Um, we also are going to be having our bad relationship music bingo event, which I think will be very fun. Um, we've done one of these before. And it's going to focus on all different songs that have lyrics about toxic and abusive and unhealthy relationships. Um, but get to play some music bingo, learn about some really sketchy lyrics that you probably didn't know were in certain songs, have a conversation about them, and then get some cool prizes at the end too. Um, and then the very last thing is on Thursday the 22nd, it is Wear Purple um, for Domestic Violence and Dating Violence Awareness Day. So um, follow us. I believe our, our social media things are right here. Um, please follow us to keep keep posted on things that we're doing, give updates. Um, yeah, we, we post some really great content. We have an amazing intern that does a lot of great stuff for us. So give us a follow and um, hopefully you'll learn some new things and be able to get involved with us. Awesome. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, Lainey and Alyssa, with the uh, the CARE office. Again, thank you so much 
uh, for uh, coming on and, and talking to us a little bit about everything that is, is happening with your office and your uh, resources. Uh, if you are a student out there and you're interested uh, and you're watching this video and you've got up to this point or listening to it on our uh, new podcast feed, uh, you are able to check in here on this QR code to say, hey, I listened to this. Give your thoughts and feedback about it, something that you learned. Uh, also able to get credit for it. Uh, so you're able to get those trio points that we've talked about before. Uh, so you're able to do that. So there's that QR code where you can scan that and do that. And then also let's talk a little bit about our sponsors first. Uh, housing is one of our sponsors. Uh, and so one of the things that uh, I kind of related to this position, RAs are here to help people and to be really good listeners uh, and to really have a chance to you know, help our students out overcoming uh, difficult situations by giving them advice uh, for resources on campus, but also being there as a support piece. Uh, and you know, their application is due October 9th. And so I told them I would give them one more sponsor spot on our, on our uh, Trio 30 talk here. And so please uh, look at that housing.unl.edu slash RA. You can apply, uh, you free room and board, uh, you get a small stipend. And again, unparalleled resume builder, you get a lot of leadership skills, are able to uh, save some money, uh, make a little money, but again, get a lot of different uh, experiences uh, through that. So feel free. Uh, thank you to uh, Campus uh, Housing and Residence Life to being one of our sponsors. We also did a podcast about it uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, so check that out as well. So lastly, our social media for TRIO. Uh, we have our UNL TRIO scholars on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, there's the QR code right there that you're able to scan to get to our Facebook group and become on part of our group to know when we go live uh, for different events and for our TRIO 30 talk. Also to connect with other TRIO students is a great opportunity. I know Facebook might be a little bit old for some of you uh, younger folks out there, but you know, we're still holding strong with Facebook. So uh, feel free to do that. But we do have YouTube. Uh, so please uh, subscribe. Uh, again, if I get up to 100 followers, we're going to give out some free swag to those people that, have, that subscribe to us. So please feel free to subscribe. And then lastly, but not least, I mentioned it earlier, we are now on Apple iTunes podcast. So if you're listening to this on podcast, thank you very much for listening to it. We are also uh, on Spotify's podcast as well. So you can find us either on Apple or Spotify, whichever you prefer. Uh, we are there. Please subscribe, get five likes. We'll be posting new episodes every week, uh, still uploading other episodes from the past now that we are officially on podcast. So please check us out. Thank you very much. Do you guys have any last minutes for the rest of the day? Any thoughts? You guys are good. Enjoy the weather. It is beautiful. It's sunny. And it if you're not from Nebraska and you haven't had a winter here yet, you need to enjoy it now. So get out there and enjoy it. Yes. Thank you very much, Lainey. I don't got anything else don't to got say. Anything. Well, hey, <laughs> nope. make sure you go, make sure you register to vote uh, and then go vote. Uh, yes. I'll always say that for from now until November. Uh, everyone, I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you for tuning in and staying with us through this. Uh, I appreciate you both for being here. Go Big Red. Thanks for having us. Bye-bye.